again. What's up, people? I hope you're not tired of hearing our voices because we're not tired of you listening to it. It is the It's Not Canon Show, the podcast, the show, the webinar, the whatever you want to call it. We are here. I am one of two. I am Big Chase Bank Control Service. That's Chase with two A's. And I am, again, one of two. My other counterpart, the big guy, the man, my bro Soros Rex. Ryan, what's good? How you feeling? What up, my boy? What's going on, man? Hey, man, you know, chilling like a villain, stack of paper to the ceiling, all that good stuff. Yeah. People are going to be like, but, uh, we're getting close from the last episode. No, we're just both recording because we want to get this done with. <laughs> <laughs> and besides, we got a lot of good content to push out to you guys. And uh, yeah, right. we feel as if we have another great subject line for this part of the conversation. And that would happen to be right after you find out what grinds our gears. Oh, so, holy crap, I was not ready. Okay, we're ready, all right? <laughs> wow, grinding our gears. Woo, that was great. I like that. That was really good. You're working on your news anchor skills, sir. Um, yeah, you know, do a little something-something here. So, what? sir, uh, because of how heated this has made us this week, be my guest. Tell us what grinds our gears. All right, you know what really grinds our gears? People that do not read like to a degree where if I explain something to you, like I'm a guy and I'll say this, I can ask stupid questions and I'll let you know, hey, this might be a stupid question. Or if you've already stated this, I'm sorry, but this is for my own understanding and comprehension. But if I've explained something to you more than three times and you still don't get it at that current point in time, I'm thinking it's not me. It's you. And if it's you, and it ain't me. And at that yeah. current point, when we get to this, this this junction or this this crossroads in life where I'm re-explaining myself to another grown individual more than three times, I'm going to finally understand that I don't have the patience for you. And you might get a little short on my... Where, where is it? There we go. You might get a little short. <laughs> a little bit. Of, 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 of just me being... You're not the person I need to speak with. You're not. <laughs> so at that current point in time, it's it, it's it's, it's going to be it's either you or it is my mental health. And if I am a villain for choosing my mental health, you can call me Thanos. Wow, nice reference to what we're talking about today, but that's still upcoming. On the best point of all of this is if you, if we're taking our time to provide you full information on what needs to be done, if us, Company X, is telling Company Y, this is what you need to do, and you go, what am I supposed to do? Don't be surprised if I start coming back with, maybe you should learn how to read. But, again, if I'm the villain for telling you that you suck, call me Thanos. Speaking of our topic today... Wait, wait, I got one more. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, we can keep going. Let's go, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> If I have a problem with McDonald's fries, I'm not going to go to Burger King complaining about they weren't hot enough. But I digress. We can go back. Again, if that makes me a villain, call me Thanos. That's why we keep on the, the theme of going for today. Today's big conversation is the Marvel Cinematic Universe and its future. The MCU. Um, yep. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm sure a lot of people are going, oh, they're going to talk comic book stuff. Oh, nerds. But let, let's face it, you probably have seen a Marvel film at this point. And if you have not understand what we do, we just don't have serious conversations. We have or conversations. Huh? If you haven't seen a Marvel film yet, one, you must live under a rock. You've seen at least one at this point. One? Um, it's, not, it's not real cinema taste. It's not, it's not creative. <laughs> Dude, even my mom has seen Black Panther by now. Like, geez. <laughs> but it's not real movies, Chase. It's based off of a book. Uh, I hate to break it to you. Half the films that you see that are not comic book related are probably based off of someone else's writing. Oh, wow. That is a jewel dropper there because it truly, really is. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, keep in mind, yes, it might be a whole universe. I really broke Chase over there. He just glitched out for a second. <laughs> <laughs> so, realize, like, wow, it really is, huh? Right, right. I mean, yes. Oh my God, it's based off comic books. You read comic books. You watched cartoons as a kid. Don't sit there and lie. I, I hate it when those those film creators, critics, or even the directors go, "That's not real art." Really? It's better than half the films you put out there. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, so anyway. But the MCU is known for being probably the most legit um, comic book franchise films out there. Um, definitely beats DC, definitely beats anything that they've ever put out there. And it has shaped the culture of animation, CGI, um, films, storytelling over the past decade, almost two decades at this point as we're going. Um, there's been over 20, 29, 30 films at this point, I think, at this point. Mm. Right? Minus the Spider-Mans uh, across um, the universe, because those are technically Sony stuff. But, um, yeah, I think there are about 30 films at this point, if I'm right. Um, could be more. Wow. You know, yeah. I'm going to have to go look at uh, the MCU's uh, pocket at this point, because... I know they've racked up a very nice amount of money to this point. Right. And you would think that people that that say that they're not real films or they're not real work of art. Well, I think the fans are telling you the different when they're, you know, number one in the box office here and there. Um, but hey, whatever. What do I know? I'm just a fan of comic books and great okay. storytelling. So, um, that's facts. Quick right. input here. Yeah. Um, since we're on a subject, I did a quick Google search of the Google, and it says in total uh, copyright. we're in copyrighted on that. <laughs> <laughs> the in total, the MCU has earned more than twenty-eight billion worldwide, making it the biggest movie franchise ever. Insider ranked all thirty-one MCU movies by their global box office according to the IMDb Pro data. Interesting. So 31 films, $28 billion. Hey, while you're on that thing that we use for the internet, I'm not getting us copyrighted, Chase. Uh, <laughs> could you look up to see what Harry Potter did? Or oh, maybe, absolutely. Maybe Fifty Shades of Grey? Um, or any Quentin Tarantino films? Ooh. Yeah, I'm just being a dick now, dude. <laughs> so... <laughs> All right, so Harry Potter films are the uh, third most successful third film film franchise of all time, having made almost almost ten billion at the box office. 
Okay. Can you look up Django in uh, Django Unchained and the Hateful Eight? Let's see what they've actually or the Kill Bill. Let's do Kill Bill. Kill Bill. And uh, to do, let's not talk about Django because this is a running joke with me and my friends in a certain that's a, scene. That's a great film. I, I like that film, but there's a point to all this. It is. Uh, but that bag scene. Yeah. <laughs> ah, that's something else. All right. Let's see here. Do, 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 do. Ooh. All right. Hold on. Wait. I guess it's not as big as Harry Potter and the rest of them because I actually have to do some data searching for this one. Oh, look at that. That's all you need to tell me. Thank you, sir. I'll take that. Um, so right. back to back to the point of at hand here. We're talking literally the sheer fact that MCU being the biggest franchise of films, of independent films into one collective creative story. Um is continuing their path of films, even without majority of their star characters from the original decade of films. So we're now into phase five, I think we're entering. Is that the new, that's where we're at? We're, we're entering in that. So they, I believe so. They've been, yeah, they've been through all their phases um, uh, up to this point of ending stories and beginning new ones. And Chase and I are adamant Marvel fans. If you can't tell, that's the X-Men behind me. Um, and my Captain America shield on my desk. Um, but we, we like to talk about Marvel films a lot and what how they make us feel and all that stuff. But I've started realizing lately that there might be a little cool off on them. And, and maybe it's that there's a lot of articles out there saying that the movies are not as good as they were um, to, for the epic stories. That can be per perceived as somewhat accurate. There's only been a few films out since the end of Endgame that came out since then that, okay, Spider-Man uh, Far From Home was really good. Right? Wait, uh, Far From Home or No Way Home? Both. Was it Far From yeah, Home right after? And then No Way Home? So so those two came after Endgame. Then you yeah. had Shang-Chi, which was really good. Um, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. We're divided on that one. Um, <laughs> and we also had Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. Oh, that was a good movie. Ant-Man, Quantumanium. Yeah, we're just going to know that. Thor, um, Love and Thunder. Yeah. Uh, those were nice. And then Guardians 3 just came out a month ago or two months ago. So I think that's all of them. You've had a couple TV shows in there. The TV shows were doing better than some of the movies. Oh, Black Widow was a part of that too. Black Widow was dropped during um, COVID though. Uh, yep. Uh, so some of the films seem to have... I feel like I'm missing one, but hey, whatever. Um, the films seem to have cooled off a little bit. Like they're not like, oh, I can't wait for this film to come out. We have a Marvel film coming out in roughly two months' time. Do you know the film? Exactly. It's the Marvels, Miss Marvel's film or Captain Marvel. Uh, that's in yeah. two months. I thought that was like November. I'm sure it's a couple months from now. Um, but the whole purpose is the, the original stories, everyone is anticipating these films. They cannot wait for these films. They're super excited. 
that's not feelings no longer seems to be there. Um, the last time I actually felt that was the film I just saw a couple weeks ago, which we'll talk about in a few minutes about some of the stuff that we, we think MCU can do. Um, also, for the people that aren't aware, they, they started changing the slate a little bit more. Some of the films have been removed. They took two films off and just made them two Disney films instead of Marvel films. Um, you want to talk about where we're going with this Kang stuff since uh, I think you're yes. probably more familiar with it than I am. So I don't want to speak too much into it because I don't know all the legality issues that are going on with Sir Jonathan Majors, but it's, it looks like it's trending into uh, the direction where it looks like he might be proven innocent. So if that is the position on things, then it looks like the next big bag. Wow. Okay. I, it looks like the next new big bad MCU uh, villain is certainly Kang and will be moving forward as such. Now, it's, it's funny that you say that. But not, I don't mean to cut you off because they keep on saying Kang's not the big bad villain. He's just up to Kang Dynasty and then something else. Which I think might be Mephesto, but that's neither here nor there. I also thought it was, could be the Beyonder, but because Secret Wars is the Beyonder. But that's a whole other conversation that we can have. Um, mm-hmm. Also, for the people that are not aware, um, Jonathan Majors was accused of assault and battery or domestic violence in yes. New York. He has his day in court in August. That's all I know at that point. Um, and the thing that is a head scratcher is the same day that the abuse or the assault allegedly happened um his girlfriend mentioned that he broke her finger but that same exact day she was out at a nightclub so that is where some of the confusion comes from i also remember the last thing i remember really following up on it was when the story came out the lawyer said there was a video to prove that his innocence and has that ever come to light I don't know. I think that's what the her going out to that nightclub thing was about too. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's fair. Because I don't understand how I'll go to a nightclub with a broken finger, but that's gonna be right there. Um. So I I do the only other thing I know is once um Ant Man Quantumium was hitting Disney Plus, they removed him from the posters, but they haven't let him go yet. Oh really? That's, yeah, they haven't let him go. Oh. They're letting him have his day in court, which is smart. I mean... And they said until proven guilty. Right. I mean, that's the way it goes, right? And if he is guilty, then... uh, I mean, if he is guilty, then, uh, yeah, let him go. His career should end at that point, but right? But if if he's innocent and it's proven that he's innocent, then let the man man do his thing. He'll get a book for it, I'm sure. Um, But... But with all that, you have that uncertainty. You have new characters that are coming in into the universe because your your top draws are no longer part of the universe. Which I want I, I want to ask you this: um, the, the films that were slated currently and some of the TV show characters, Shang Chi. We'll use them as an example. Prior mm-hmm. to the announcement that they were going to do the film, and they when they made the timeline of 
here, Shang-Chi's coming out. What was your original thoughts of Shang-Chi getting a film? I thought it was kind of cool, but I didn't know which direction they were going in. Because reason being why I thought it was cool, because I feel like I was that Marvel nerd who knew of Shang-Chi. And when I mm-hmm. heard of the film, then I started looking more into it. And I was like, oh, okay. This kind of sounds like one of the, basically a Bruce Lee Marvel movie. If they could pull it off. Keyword if, right? So uh-huh. I thought it would be pretty decent to see what that might look like. Was I, I, I was, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I was, I would say blown away with what they actually did with the character. And I'll give Marvel its flowers with this one because they can take not the most notable characters and really make them um, blossom and blow up necessarily on a big screen. So did I think that it was going to be like a pivotal character to the overall Marvel Universe? I would have never guessed that they would have used Shang-Chi to do so. Am I still a little hesitant with it? Yes. Yes, I am. Was it a good film? I do agree. So I'm glad you brought that. I'm glad you said what you just said because people don't realize this, but Iron Man was not a huge character before those films. The Avengers were not the number one books either or number one team books in the Marvel comic line. It was the X-Men. So when those films and those characters started coming to light in MCU, when they brought out Shang-Chi, I said, huh, so he's going to be the next Captain America character that they're going to bring forward and make him be like potentially like the leader of the team, the human S leader of the team, which was Captain America. Um, and I'm like, that's interesting because they, they pulled a character that would technically be C list on their books mm-hmm. and they're making them prominent. And in his movie was fit. The, the, the film was fantastic. Um, so I thought, wow, okay, so they're going to go that direction. I'm very curious of how they're going to centralize a team around him to be the the human, like the good nature piece of the team, right? Yeah. Then She-Hulk came out. I'm like, okay, here's our Hulk Oof, character. That was some rough CGI. <laughs> yeah, that was really bad CGI. We're, we're going to have a whole nother conversation about that later on. They they gave us she then they, then we they, let me rephrase they transitioned to the TV shows to give us the next set of characters that we're gonna see prominent right you have your Miss Marvel we won't talk about it um we've had Hawkeye introducing Kate Bishop and we've had mm-hmm. She Hulk introduced through the TV show I think those are the ones that it so it, in theory. The only person that they want to really help carry the future was the only one was Shang-Chi in the film. So you then transition to TV and some people may have not watched it that were more anticipating films. And now you're going to introduce characters that in films that may not make fully sense because they never watched their stuff and you want them to go back and watch it, but you never gave them their flat, their time in the spotlight and, and on the big screen. That was my yeah. first thought. I thought that was kind of strange. Um, Doctor Strange, I think, is supposed to be your next Tony Stark through this. Um, so I'm curious to see where we're going with that. I just heard that we're getting another WandaVision se- uh, season. Well, Wanda's never mind. Yep, we'll find I, out where we go with this. I, yeah, okay, okay, yeah, 
Yeah. Um, from from one of the one of the articles I read is it's supposed to be the wander from that universe from a multiverse of madness with the boys. Okay. That's where she actually one, has her kids. Yeah, that's the one I heard. I can't say that's accurate. I'll be surprised to see what it is. Um, Interesting. All the other films that I forgot to mention in the mix of this was the internals and obvious reasons why I forgot that. Um, I know that bothers you. <laughs> um, but it, it just seems like they, they went into a cool-off, and I think the fans have realized that, man, there's just it's just too much. Like You're pushing out two to three films maybe a year. They cut that back down again. Um, I'm not sure if they fully bought in because the stories some of the stories are just rough. I personally felt that Ant-Man, uh, Ant-Man Quantumanium was shot in front of a room about the size of my office in front of a green screen because it just felt like it was so small. <laughs> like filmed in a big room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I see what a you did film, there. <laughs> a very small person in a very big world that's filmed on a very small green screen. It, it just it just felt very, very weird. And it just felt like the story was choppy at best. Or uh, like the, the pieces together seemed very choppy at best. Um, and to your point originally, Jonathan Majors was the highlight, and you're more than welcome to discuss Jonathan Majors' role in that because you 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 sum it up perfectly. Dude, I mean, if I can put a a very nice introduction to a villain, I think that was super duper great. All things considered, um, because it's it's like when I think of an a really good villain, he is tactful precise and very very um how can i put this he knows how to push buttons and very level-headed there we go so i feel like he exemplified all of that because i want my villain to say hey i could flex my muscles and show you that i am not one to be pushed with or one to toy with he did that I need one to say that, okay, so basically, this is my critical path. I need this to go along with this. I need this to kick in at that time. And at this time, this is where all of this comes together and I make my grand exit or reveal my master plan. If everything is all in motion, there's nothing you can do to stop it. Did that. And then I just really, really need them to, like I said, be level-headed because it, it was certain times where he flexed his muscle and you could tell that he was very, 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 very pissed. But at the same time, he didn't fly off on the tangent and completely lose it. So I feel like that encapsulated everything that I needed to see in the villain. And honestly, I was, I was like, kudos to him because that was a very nice portrayal of Kane. And I feel like he did bring out something within the character that I didn't know was possible as a live action. So I was, I'm, I'm actually a fan of him playing Kane the Conqueror. Hopefully we'll see what that becomes of that and if it will continue to happen. But ultimately I think that was a very nice introduction to the overall character for anybody who's not aware of who Kane was. The one thing that we missed with, with it, he did a great job, but it's just something that Stanley always said and i've heard him multiple times is also he they're also villains in marvel where you feel bad for them uh-huh. 
and Kang has a piece of that story in the books, and we didn't see it with the Conqueror version of him in, in Quantumadium. So if you're not familiar with Kang, Kang has multiple versions of himself. So who who knows if we're going to get that that feel. Maybe the man in Loki was the person you're supposed to feel bad for. Who yeah. knows? But he hasn't portrayed it fully yet. So, so back to the idea of this cool-off period. Do you think there is a cool-off period right now for fans? And don't take yourself out of it because you and I are different. We, we want to see it. We want to experience it, but think think outside of it. Look at the the excitement for the films. Look at the excitement from other people. Look at the advertisements. That was another thing I remember, especially from the Infinity Wars and End Games. Yeah, advertisements were less, and I've always thought of that if a film is over advertised, most likely it's a bad film. If they're showing you a lot of secret things. From the film, most likely it's a bad film. <laughs> like they just they didn't do a good job putting it together. And it seems like there's been more advertisements for films, starting with Thor, Love and Thunder, to now on films for Marvel than we used to get. Yeah. Um, I don't disagree with the whole cool-off period um, piece of conversation. More or less speaking, because... Well, I, I feel like it's happening for a reason because I feel like when it comes to Marvel, there's always like this this semi kind of weird setup that they do to do some storytelling. And for those specific movies, I feel like they're not always the most captivating. That they can be a little, you know, they, they tell more of a story. They could drag on, they could drag on, they drag on. They have a little bit of action for this current point in time, drag on a little bit, a little bit more action conclusion. So I kind of feel like maybe it's at that point because um, because some of the legends in Marvel are retiring or moving away from the Marvel film. So they have to, you know, introduce a whole new level or a whole nother setup of who these next who the next phases are going to center around. So I think it's kind of like eh, storytelling and it, it might be cooling off a little bit before we get back to the revved up action from from the start of the movie to the absolutely end. Do you feel like they're just the normal common fans that enjoyed watching the characters that they knew, not the ones that they're obscure that we're seeing now? Just they just ended with Endgame and said, "Okay, I'm done. Like uh, that's the end of my story." Like my dad said to me that after Endgame, that's it. I'm done. I'm not moving. Like these are the characters I grew up with. There's no point in me continuing moving forward. Um, do you feel like like the common fans that know the Iron Mans, the Captain Americas, the Thors, um, at this point in time, they're just looking at it and going, well, my stories are wrapped. I, I don't need to continue on. You know, Ryan, I'm starting to realize that there are certain, there are certain levels of people that we have on this planet. And when I say this, I mean that you have certain people that will go along with something only for a specific generation. So I'll use this example, right? So my father-in-law in particular, he stopped watching basketball after Jordan retired because yeah. he just felt like I've watched everything I need to watch. Whereas you have other people who are more or less who watch the different trends that happen in life and that are able to adjust and appreciate what is going on, what is happening. 
Like, uh, I'm pretty sure you know some people that were like, oh, I like the old school way of football where defense ran everything and you run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Versus when they look at football today and you're like, well, it's, 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 it's flashy, it's fly, it's, it's throwing a ball about 45 times a game and you can't hit the receiver in the middle of the field and you just tend to stay away from that. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that it had to be some evolution to the game because of the way that either athletes change, people change, what we see as entertainment, that overall mindset might look different from where it was in the 70s where we had – did they still have black and white TVs in the 70s? I don't know, versus where we are today where everything's a flat screen TV, everybody has a flat screen, and – you probably have a somewhere between a 45 to a 80, 90 inch TV in your home. So it's just our ideology about everything is tends to change. And it, that just sometimes depends on the time. So to get back to your original point, I'm pretty sure it has been some spectators who are like, oh, well, they killed off uh, Iron Man. Captain America basically retired to be an old man to live a normal American style life, how uh, life, life. Life. Let's not, yeah, let's not talk about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we ain't gotta go there. We ain't gotta go. This is a whole other conversation. Um, I'm pretty sure it's those people that are like, okay, this is this is where it ends with me, and I'm okay with that, and that's okay with them. But I just need those same exact individuals to realize that sometimes this could be a lead to something that could be greater, just depending on how everything plays out. Well, it's interesting that you bring that up because my thought process behind it is they did a great job in Iron Man 2 introducing you to Black Widow. And people followed her through the trends of all the other movies at that point. Um, At the time, a little bit more obscured. If you read the books, you know who she was. You probably wouldn't have pictured her on the big screen right away. But she helped carry, right? May have Mm -hmm. been because of who the actress is up to your discretion and choose on that but the the they were good at the beginning introducing characters prior to the next big story right it just seems like from my understanding originally was they're going to just focus on the stories of individual characters for everything going forward and then in some passion probably just have secret scenes to bring everyone together to the big big moment right um it just seems like without doing that without showcasing some characters with some of the other stuff prior i think the disconnect is there like people are like i don't know who that is i really don't care who that is i'm probably not going to be interested in that in that film um because they didn't really interested introduce anything prior to prior to that right dr strange was introduced in thor at the very end before you got the dr strange film Shang-Chi was not introduced in any other one's films. He was just yeah. his own standalone film. Um, we're wrapping up the last ones. We, well, kind of forever is a different story. It was a completely different story. It was a slow story, which could have potentially... It was a been, drama. Yeah, it was a drama, but it could have been a little bit faster of the storytelling because it felt like they were purposely dragging out certain points that just... There was a, one or two scenes I just remember. I'm like, I don't know if this really needed to be in the film. Like, it, it stood no purpose. Um, so that was my first thought. But the film was 
The film was good. As an um, overall look at Wakanda Forever, I kind of feel like they had to do certain things because we RIP to chat with Bosman. You know, he passed and they just had to package certain things up a certain way to, you know, make it look pretty. You know, mm-hmm. I do recall I watched a, a interview of Ryan Coogler and he had mentioned he had to write a whole brand new script because yep. Chadwick had passed. So I feel yeah, like he was put between a rock and a hard place. I would love to for him to pro- publish the original script with Black Panther because I love the first Black Panther film. I thought it was fantastic. It was, it's one of my favorite films. I would yeah. love to see where he was taking that character. Just just to have that idea before he had to change yeah. everything. Because I think I think uh, Neymar, uh, Neymar, which I'm sorry, I know they say Neymar in the film, but to me it's always Neymar. Um, it's Neymar. <laughs> um, I will I will love to see what that interaction was going to be. That would have been very interesting to see. Um, I don't get me wrong. I think Wanda Wakanda Forever is a good film. I don't think it's better than the first one, in my opinion. And it's not because of um, lack of trying. I think for me, um, the story it just it just didn't feel. It just felt slower than. That I wanted it to be in sitting in a theater. I felt like, oh, maybe I can get up and go to the bathroom here. I don't think I'm missing much here. Like when, when it got going in the, like, that middle to end, I'm like, all right, this is this is what I want. This is this is the storytelling I want. And there were slow paced conversations in those moments. It was we were just building to there. Um, yeah. And then internals. I won't talk about it. Uh, <laughs> I refuse to talk about it. <laughs> um, and then. Uh, we also had Ant-Man Quantumanium. That's a whole other story. It's another one that was slow to start, but got there at the end when yeah. I felt like there was opportunities to do more in that film. Mm-hmm. Thor, Love of Thunder, they just focused on the comedy more than the the the, uh, the story, which I think everyone's on the realization of this net at this point that it wasn't the best way to feature uh, uh, the Gore God. the God Butcher. Yeah, I, I can we I, just I say that name one more time? Gore oh, the God, God Butcher. Yeah, I think that to me was your your film to really show a Marvel character, and they did this right. In my opinion, they did this right. They showcased how to feel sorry for a villain in that film. Oh, absolutely. Um, that is the epitome of what Marvel writing has always been. However, it was just overtaken by the comedy of that film. So or the intent and comedy. Yeah. Like if you just take away all that and just focus on Gore's story, it was it was it was great. Um fantastic. I do. Um, and you know the one thing I will say when it came to Love and Thunder, I feel like that was truly the opportunity to show how powerful Thor was. Mm-hmm. And I feel yep. like it was more or less overshadowed by how do we make this funnier than Thor Ragnarok? Right. Yeah. I, I also I'm not sure how I feel about his uh, his hammer being a sentient life, tell, um, having feelings about him talking to his original hammer. Like I felt like that was unnecessary. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just it seems like they're slowly like. Disconnect. I get the film are disconnected. Some of the stories are wrapping up. Some new stories are starting, but that disconnection will take the common fans or even 
treat the the normal fans with a cool cool off here because you have nothing to be excited for for the next installment of the story. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they did it with the TV shows Loki. You got a, you got a preview of what Loki looks like. I'm excited for Loki season two. Absolutely. Uh, you didn't really get much for Moon Knight, which Moon Knight was an incredible show. If you guys have not <sighs> seen that, check that out. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, <laughs> I, I, we can't preach how great that film is anymore. The only film, and and this is where we're probably going to go, and this this kind of where we went with our conversation the other day, the only way you can get probably common fans and all fans to collectively come back in and be excited again is to introduce the characters that everyone knows that you have yet to use the fantastic four what's going on with the fantastic four why haven't that film been released yet well as it stands right now the two actors that they were looking at for sue and um reed they declined the roles that scares me when you can't get people that have name value to take a role <laughs> that that yeah. scares me a little bit um then you have Blade. That has been rewritten multiple times and has yet to get there. And then finally, you keep on talking about doing the X-Men, and you're not going to call them the X-Men. You're going to call them the mutants. I am not a fan. Sorry. Also, that is your gateway to bring in everyone. X-Men is one of the top-tier books in Marvel. Yeah. Uh, it's outsold Avengers for multiple years, and you have yet to include them in anything. That's how you get them back in. Yeah, you have, and I understand that the logistics of of CGI, the 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 storytelling and everything, but this is where we're trying to go. And and with with the films, is that you want to bring in these characters that might carry more CGI. Well, you just had a very successful film drop the other week that was not CGI, and that was Spider Man Across the Universe. Across the Spider-Verse, I'm sorry. And, and Chase and I have talked about this film multiple times. I, My life with this new child has made me pick and choose what films I'm going to see. And this was the first film I saw after having the birth of my, my child. And I'm glad it was the first because this film opens the door for something that Marvel should consider. And that is this new age animation that Sony has done with the Spider-Verse films. Do you agree? I totally don't disagree at all. Like it it was completely and utterly mind blowing how amazing this film was. It's like storytelling, animation, uh, multiple storytellings, the, the concept, the the action that was done by animation, the, the concept that you can have multiple angles of a story being told at once. At one time. And, and you did not get lost in it at all. And don't get me wrong, don't get me wrong. The the newer Spider-Man films, I feel like the CGI is on point, like it's really good. But that last scene in in No Way Home with the, the new suit, the new look with Spider-Man, felt very cartoonish. Like they they missed a little bit there. But why can't we focus on this the, the the producer for um, across the Spider-Verse literally said in an article today he wanted to open the world to show people an animation and what it can do. 
my biggest you did a really great job. Yeah, my biggest concern with where the MCU is going with the mutants are people like Beast and Nightcrawler come out looking like shit every freaking time. Mm-hmm. You can't do a proper angel. You can't do a proper strong guy, Wolfbane. You can't do a proper well. Colossus looks fallen in uh in Deadpool, so I'll, we'll let that one go. But yeah. you can't do a proper um, Magneto with powers like you. You just you struggle. Sunspot will not carry over correctly. So why not? Yeah, why not follow Sony's lead here and focus on the animation? This was a film, and Chase said it the best way. This film was not for kids. This was for young adults and adults. Easily. Because I feel like when it came to the first Spider-Verse, it was like, okay, that's the one for your kids and your parents tag along. Now, this one right here, this was specifically for the adults that did not want to answer 100 questions from your kids. You came in, you got a very nice dose of action. You see how Miles has grown up to this, um, what, a few years, how whatever time, it was one year in, like, what do you say, four, five to six months, something like that, five to nine months, something like that. Yep. And you get to see how he's evolved as a Spider-Man and as a, as a young man and how he's, you know, going into life, his mindset mm-hmm. changes and what he values now as Miles Morales versus being Spider-Man. And also all the drama that came with uh, him actually learning that there was a Spider-Verse and how he played and do it. Right. And and the sheer fact that, one, there's going to be a sequel to it, and it's going to be the continuation of the story that this one is, and we're not going to get more than that because we don't believe in spoilers here. Um, And I'm trying to hold Chase back from despoiling anything. (laughs) I'm ready to sing like a canary. (laughs) But at at the sheer fact that you have this ability to create amazing stories like this the actors that are voicing these characters are not just voice actors these are actors actors yeah what one of the spider-man just played moon knight a couple years ago he did one of the other spider-man one of the other spider-mans is nicholas cage i know you don't have a reaction to that (laughs) another There, there's multiple ones. The Gwen Stacy is actually the girl that played Kate Bishop in Hawkeye. Crazy. So, if we have this ability to create great stories and everything like that, why are we trying to hire actors that we're going to see on screen that's going to have to cause CGI? You're already having a hard time with the people that are doing the CGI because you're working them to the bone. So, why don't you span out the films? Bring in more animation into it. Give us the ability for a good story. And give us the fans what they expect out of Marvel. And give us the goddamn X-Men. You know, one thing that I do feel like it is they might be hesitant on when it comes to that is the specific characters that they can use for the animation piece. Because Spider-Man is one of those characters... We know Spider-Man. You can put Spider-Man everywhere. Spider-Man is going to flourish. So I'm curious to know and looking at Spider-Man and even, you know, across the Spider-Verse, you saw the different variations of the different kinds of drawing that they attach to it. 
So I'm thinking maybe if it came to, you know, X-Men, are they hesitant on what would this look like? You know, will this really flourish like Spider-Man did? Is it kind of like a competition thing? I would not ever be opposed to seeing uh, animation of X-Men at all, because I think that is actually a really great idea. But what and how does that look like? Because I feel like with watching across the Spider-Verse, you actually kind of visually you felt the texture of the different Spider-Men or women and where they actually came from. It's funny because I don't think that at all. I think what their goal is to make it live action, to make people feel like this could happen in the real world. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that always always bothered me from the original X-Men films is the way that Beast would jump in the film. So like you practically can see the freaking wires carrying him or how yeah. Magneto was levitated up. Um, it, it always felt like it was off. The sheer fact that Jean Grey just practically stood there versus being in the air when she was the Phoenix. Like those things just bothered me. You have the ability with animation. You just sh- saw how a Spider-Man film can do one of the gross- top grossing films so far this summer. It will be beaten probably next week thanks to Mission Impossible. But it, it's been holding strong since the beginning of June. Yeah, and it's a top. I think it's two hundred eighty-five million dollars already, or something like that. The last time I saw Ooh, it, I'm sure it's way really? past that point. Yeah, let's um, see. Yeah, take a look while I keep on talking. Um, so why can't we have something like that for the other films that should be heavenly um, used for for that? So you can have other characters that you typically wouldn't able to be able to create on on live action. It's easy to create an angel. It's easy to create a Wolverine, but it's not easy to create a Beast or a Nightcrawler or a, or um, Archie or anything like that because of all the texture. That, uh, they did a great job with Batista as Drax, but Drax looks like a human. There's a lot of mutants out there that don't look like humans that you want to see on the screen that you want to feel for. Also, their gifts are very hard to accommodate to. What's the numbers? Did you find it? All right, currently. Spider-Man Across Spider-Verse is at 607.3 million. Yeah, so you have the ability to do this with other other parts of the company that would make more sense. Um, I look at these posters behind me and I, I Iceman. Iceman will look amazing as an animation versus live action. Beast would look amazing and be able to be fluctually moving correctly as... as the animations perceived and if they're worried about how to make these what characters to use everyone knows who wolverine is so if you're worried about how to advertise it a lot of scenes with wolverine will get people to go see that film agree gene gray the originals you'll get people trawlers xavier magneto you'll get people and then you just build around it i would love to see the destiny of x house of x the karaka era of Makaroka um, era of um, X Men in animation on on our screens as soon as possible. Give them their nation. Give them everything. Let the story be adapted that way or in- interpreted into the, a different story off of that. That would be yeah. great. Seeing Mister Sinister on an animated movie would be. I love wonderful. seeing Mister Sinister. So yeah, but yeah, I, I would be all for it. But. Beyond that, sir, 
you have any final por- points to this that we want to touch base on before we say goodbye to everyone? And we would like to definitely hear from you guys. Um, shout us out in the comments, email us. What's your thoughts? If you're a huge MCU fan, what would you love to see? We would love uh-huh. to hear from you. Um, check us out through our email. Check us out in these comments. Uh, whatever works best for you. It's not canonshow at gmail.com. We would love to hear your opinions on the MCU. Just don't take it from us. Sir, what's your, uh, <laughs> your thoughts? Um, to go ahead and always let your imagination fuel what you want your reality to look like. And as always, stay prosperous, stay precise, and stay powerful. All right, bye, everyone. Thank you. Later.